Blog Talk Radio. Lucis Trust, a non-profit, non-political, and non-sectarian organization on the roster of the Economic and Social Council of the United Nations, and concerned with the establishment of world cooperation and goodwill presents Inner Sight with your host, Robert Anderson. He, with Sarah and Dale McKechnie, President and Vice President of Lucis Trust, will discuss philosophical and spiritual topics essential to everyday life. Now here's your host, Robert Anderson. Welcome. Inner sight is simply seeing that which is always present, but not yet fully recognized. You have, within you, the ability to see yourself and the world around you in a new way, with new eyes. So, stay with us, and together we'll look at the world and ourselves with inner sight. Our topic for today, The Nature of Emotions, Part 1. Before we explore this topic, I'd like to say a few words about Alice Bailey, founder of the Lucis Trust, and Lucis Trust sponsors this show. Alice Bailey also wrote 24 books of esoteric philosophy, and those 24 books are the main inspiration for the dialogue that you hear on this show. The following thought is also from the works of Alice Bailey. There is a great need today for the thinking people of the world to cooperate more fully and freely in the enlightenment of the world. This depends, as far as the individual is concerned, upon power to live each day as a soul, free from fear, free from self-consciousness, and free from those reactions which stir the astral or or emotional body into activity. Why does uh, living each day as a soul... Why does it require freedom from emotional reactions? Can't the emotions can't the emotions express sympathy and happiness, for example? They can, but um, there is a distorting element in the emotional reactions. And living each day as a soul means living with a, a sense of direction, of spiritual purpose, of higher guidance, and. To accomplish that, one has to achieve achieve a certain measure of uh, freedom from the emotional reactions. Alice Bailey points out that water is a good symbol for the emotions. Water takes on the the coloration or the texture or the it, it reflects whatever is going on in the environment, but it is essentially negative and reactive rather than directing and controlling as the soul is. The soul is purpose. The soul is the expression of the will to good and of conscious direction in life, whereas the emotions are um, responsive and reactive and therefore colored by whatever is in the environment. The um, That Russian teacher Uspensky said that all emotion is reactive and all reactions are inevitably emotional, which I think is a good way of showing how when one is reacting, one isn't really sitting in the seat of the director. 
No, and it says um, in the books that the emotional body is simply a great reflector. It reflects, uh, <clears throat> it shines like a mirror, the uh, uh, whatever is going on around it, and the energies that are flowing through the uh, etheric body and uh, through all the bodies, they flow through this astral body or the emotional body, and the, the person simply reacts to uh, what is flowing through. So it's it's a, a a great reflector of the energies that that are pouring in and up around us all the time. I think of the effect of the emotions as resembling whiplash in a driving accident. Accident when your your neck and your head are whipped back and forth by a sudden stop or whatever, or a collision. The emotions have that effect on us. They generate a kind of whiplash uh, in our consciousness that is reactive and obviously out of control, whereas the stillness of the soul requires stillness in the emotional body. That doesn't mean being dead on one's feet or incapable of feeling or inert to the need around one. Um, which would be simply cold-heartedness and indifference. We're not talking about that. But the steady quietness of the soul is necessary for one to really live a life of um, deliberate um, thoughtfulness and intelligent, creative responsiveness. Those are those patterns of... Uh, of reaction are quite different from the buffeting of the emotional nature. Yeah, I think most people today probably are not, they're aware of they they have emotions, but they're not maybe aware of how those emotions uh, flow through their body, that they have this thing called the emotional body, uh, or it's it's simply a... Um, a it's energy field that it surrounds the person and it's a certain quality that uh, takes on all the colors and the movements of the uh, that, that it's impressed by every passing uh, emotion and people tend to react to this and it, it's the reactive uh, nature it's the reactive ability of the emotional body that well it gets us into trouble but it also uh, does great good in the world. Alice Bailey makes an interesting distinction between emotion and feeling. And all living creatures have feeling. If we are pricked with a needle or if we uh, experience pain of any sort, we feel. That's normal for any being living within a, um, a physical form. But emotion, she says, is kind of a mixture of thought and feeling. It can best be symbolized, I think, by water and by mist and fog. It's an interesting mixture of mind and feeling that only uh, occurs at, at a certain stage of, of evolution. The uh, purely animal man of long past times probably didn't experience emotion he experienced feeling but not 
the emotional reaction which comes when mind is developing, and we all hope we're developing mind, but we still are colored by our reaction to events and not really thinking as clearly as we might imagine that we are. No, emotion uh, was is one of the stages in human evolution and evolutionary development. Um, the um, early man, early times, you know, millions of years ago, man was more of a physical animal and that was kind of the reactions were instinctual at that time. There wasn't a lot of emotion attached to it. But this emotional nature was developed deliberately back in Atlantean times, we are told. And uh, the <clears throat> the mind principle wasn't as developed as it is today. Why was it developed deliberately? <clears throat> because that was the next stage in human evolution. We have to go through these stages from the purely physical, the etheric, to the emotional nature and developing the emotional nature. And then now we are presently going through the development of the mind, the mental nature. So eventually we will be able to pass beyond even where we are today and develop the intuition, which is in the higher mind. And as we do move forward, in evolution and the development of uh, consciousness, these other instincts and lower emotional reactions will fade away. They will drop below the threshold of consciousness. So it's it's a gradual development and blossoming and uh, <clears throat> and it's like opening of the flowers of a petal, petal of a flower, <laughs> I should say. So it's, it's a very gradual thing. It takes millions of years, but it's a stage we all have to go through. One of the best ways to uh, foster that development, I think, is to follow the Buddha's advice to develop detachment, to develop um, a capacity to stand apart from whatever one is experiencing and feeling. There's a role called the observer that each of us can uh, inhabit if we cultivate it and it's the ability to act um, as the observer, the onlooker as we live our life drama even while we're living through it and I think this is one of the reasons that an evening review and a morning meditation can be so useful because it helps us to cultivate this attitude of observation, just simply observing what's going on in our life and how we are living through our little drama. And this detachment comes through this cultivation of the uh, attitude of the observer, the onlooker. That's the position of the soul. The soul isn't fully engaged in all the trials and tribulations that we think are, are so interesting and so meaningful and that give such texture and often such pain to our lives. The soul is is apart from all of that. Right. It uh, sits upon its own level, on its own plane of uh, being, so to speak, upon the mental plane. And uh, it extends a fragment of itself into the physical body and during the incarnation period. But it's, as you say, it's, it's not really all that... Uh, particularly in the beginning stages of uh, evolutionary development, it's not all that interested in what uh, the 
poor personality has to go through in life. That's kind of shocking, isn't it? Do yeah. you think our, our, our soul is not that interested in our drama? Until, oh. until it we... It just makes it worse, doesn't yeah. it? <laughs> until we develop sensitivity to the soul, to the soul impulses, then there can be a communication back and forth with the soul, and the soul can impress its own higher spiritual qualities on the lower personality nature and that's how uh, eventually the the soul qualities are manifest and expressed in the world in the physical form and again the the practice of a uh, a morning meditation of some sort is a wonderful way to cultivate this ability to recognize when one is in fact uh, simply being emotional because when you're in the midst of an emotional storm it's very hard to spontaneously um, um, retreat to that detachment of the observer. But with morning meditation and evening review over a period of time, you do develop the ability to at least look back on a situation and say, well, at that moment I was really not thinking so clearly. I was basically reacting and emoting. And over a period of time, that awareness can actually begin to intervene more and more uh, immediately in the emotional uh, moment and gradually one does learn to uh, more quickly note when one is um, caught up in an emotional situation and learn to uh, detach from it without having to live the whole cycle through and only later look back. But it takes time to develop this, this distance. For those people who just tuned in, you're listening to Inner Sight. Our topic for today, the nature of emotions, part one. And uh, <coughs> we appreciate the donations that you've given to us in the past. As uh, we've said in this show before, we've had a very difficult time uh, paying for this show lately. In the past, we haven't made such a, uh, a strong request for you to send donations, but I guess because of the bad economy, uh, a lot of us are suffering, not doing as well, and uh, so it's been difficult, but... Uh, and we've been able to stay on the air. We don't have a, a, a long contract, so we're more or less going from week to week. And we appreciate those donations. They are, they are tax deductible. We we certainly uh, are impressed by uh, your desire to keep this show on the air. We thank you very much. And, you know, whatever happens, happens. Meanwhile, you've tried, and we'd like to be able to gather enough um, money so that we can take a, a long contract, as we've done in the past. But, you know, so far we're not there. So please uh, continue to send those tax-deductible donations and send those donations to Lucis Trust, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. I think that what I'd like to say, this is a, I'd like to uh, generate a theme today of meaningless money. And what I mean by that is we've had people in the past who have uh, done unusual things. Uh, one person had an entire basement filled of empty bottles and actually uh, went to work to make a donation for, uh, to us and cashed in those empty bottles and accumulated a considerable amount of money and now also has an empty basement, I might add, which is good for them too. Uh, another person uh, uh, cashed in a, um, a big jar of change that ended up to be a sizable donation. So look around for those empty bottles. Please don't send the empty bottles to us, as one person did. 
uh, we just want you to cash in the empty bottles and, and make that donation if you can. And uh, also for that meaningless change that you're going that you have in some large jar in the basement someplace that you might just take to the grave instead of doing that, make that meaningless donation meaningful by keeping uh, Lucy's Trust on the air, Inner Sight on the air, where we talk each week about uh, right consciousness, good values, and evolving to uh, the right state of consciousness. Uh, as many of you have uh, heard now over the, the years, uh, Lucy's Trust, I guess their basic philosophy could best be summed up as um, uh, evolving to the highest potential of our existence in the respect that we reach a, uh, a state of uh, right consciousness and uh, good values and right thinking. And uh, Lucy's uh, Trust also has a basic uh, uh, premise as set forth in the Alice Belly books that um, uh, each of us has uh, God within us. The divine is in every cell of our body, and uh, uh, what we want to do is actualize the divinity within ourselves. And uh, uh, that phrase, uh, the kingdom of God is within you, perhaps it has a lot to do with the kingdom of God being the kingdom of right consciousness, which is what uh, Lucis uh, attempts to stimulate all of us to evolve to through the Alice Belly work. Uh, so please send donations once again to Lucis Trust, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. And uh, also, if you need to contact for, to us for any reason whatsoever, give us a call on our toll-free number, which is 1-866-695-8247. Uh, many people call us because they want a general package of information explaining what Lucis Trust is. Uh, probably the most succinct uh, way of responding to that is by saying that Lucis Trust uh, is not a religion. Uh, it's uh, about spiritual philosophy and uh, there's a commonality amongst all people, all religions, and that's why so many people from a multitude of backgrounds read the Alice Belly literature. So once again, one 695 8247 the easy way to remember it is 1-866-NY-LUCIS. Think of 1-866-NEW-YORK-LUCIS. LUCIS is L-U-C-I-S. All of our inner sight programs can be heard on our website at www.lucistrust.org. On the homepage, you'll find the link to today's program, which will be available for hearing in a day or two. Last week's program is already available. And many of our past programs can also be heard, www.lucistrust.org. The theme of each week's program is posted in advance on our website also, so that you can see in advance what next Sunday's program will be. I'm a, a bit uh, disturbed in a way because, uh, <laughs> well, I like my emotions. Uh, in fact, even emotions as I hear this show today, and the emotions are coming into play. And for some reason, uh, I, it seems to go against my grain to think that one day, according to the Alice Bailey work, uh, that emotions will give way and be dropped, and we will evolve into into more thinking people. And uh, the only reason I say that is uh, that I, I think of thinking people maybe as uh, uh, machine-like, and, and I don't know, maybe I'm wrong about that. I mean, lacking the emotions, the uh, always doing the illogical thing. And, uh, How boring. Uh, well, I don't know. It's boring, but I mean, sometimes you... Let emotions determine your your behavior, and sometimes that's good. I think. Well, I think a lot of people um, are probably thinking the same uh, thing you are. For many, many, many people, emotions give color to life, give it warmth and and meaning and mm -hmm. uh, a certain vibrancy. 
because the emotional realm is so familiar. We've had eons of incarnations uh, developing our emotional body. It's highly developed. Alice Bailey says it's the most um, integrated of all our bodies, physical, etheric, emotional, and mental. The personality has done a fine job of developing the emotional nature. And that's why it's uh, such a comfortable realm to inhabit, and uh, it's why we are so familiar with its workings. But as you begin to cultivate the mind and to live in the realm of pure thought, I can't say that I do. I don't want listeners to think I do, but I aspire to it because I, we, anybody with some intelligence and some education should have some familiar, familiarity with those moments when one is purely thinking. They're rare moments, but they do come to anybody with a mind and uh, an ability to focus and concentrate. For example, when you're reading great literature, perhaps, or uh, listening to music, or following uh, an issue um, in uh, the public realm with great interest and really thinking your way through it, or if you're scientifically oriented when you're really trying to identify the truth of a situation or of a problem and not uh, wanting to see it develop and unfold the way you'd prefer, but you just want to get at the truth of it, those are moments when you're working through the mind. And if you think about those moments, they have their own vitality and their own vibrancy and are, I would think, much preferable to the angst and uh, um, uncertainty of living in the realm of the emotions. Well, sure, and as you increase your focus more towards the mental plane, as we said before, you're opening up to a more higher sensitivity to the impulses of the soul. And these soul impulses, which are basically that of love and light, will begin to replace uh, the purely more coarser uh, reactions of the emotional nature. And I think as time goes on and as our development goes on, these higher qualities of the soul will begin to... uh, be expressed in the world and we will see a much different world. It won't be perhaps this uh, pure emotional uh, ups and downs that go anywhere all the way from great hilarity and joy to deep depression and uh, you know we've all been through all of these experiences but there will be as the soul energies and impulses begin to take more command over your uh, lower nature, there will be a balancing out of all of this, uh, these reactions and you will find yourself more detached from the uh, world of form and the world of the emotions and, but they will be replaced by something better and I think that's what the great hope is and in the uh, Bailey teachings they give a lot of emphasis on learning how to develop detachment from this emotional reactions. I think there's been a tendency in recent times to foster a kind of a um, skepticism about um, the mind 
and to distinguish between uh, people who live in their head and people who supposedly live in their heart, who are heart-centered. This is too easy to say without really realizing what you're saying, I think. To be centered in the head is, in fact, truly, if that were truly the case, a high state of spiritual evolution. And yet too often it's used to um, categorize people who seemingly are cold and disengaged and not warm enough to respond as a human being. That's not living in your head. That's living in a kind of numbness and inability to uh, have compassion. We're not talking about cultivating uh, a state like that. That's um, not very successful either. But the true living in the head is the awakening of the head centers, which are responsive to the divine plan, which are able to impress the mind with a sense of spiritual direction and guidance. Um, Who would not want that state of control in their lives? I certainly would. Again, coming back to the definition of the emotional nature as essentially reactive. When you are reacting, you have given up your control to some force outside of yourself and not a high force. And this is what we want people to understand. The the heart-centered life is truly the soul-centered life, not the touchy-feely, reactive, emotional life. Right, and and the kind of love that... um that the emotions, I mean, the kind of love that the soul will impress upon the individual will be a much more inclusive love. It may not be that coarser, touchy-feely kind of love, but it will be replaced by something much better and a much more, um, that will be free, a kind of love that is free from all of that uh, personal uh, focus. And I think that will replace so much of the, uh, you know, so much of the emotional ups and downs that we have today. But it is true that um, people who are developing spiritually do go through a period where the emotional life seems to have lost its grip on them, but they haven't really entered into a level of uh, of um, development where. The, the true warmth and clarity of the soul dominate their consciousness and they do go through a, a spell sometimes of years of aridity of feeling like life has lost its color and its vitality and it can be very discouraging they've taken their hand off the old burner but they haven't hooked up with a, a new so- source of power supply And uh, there is that kind of peculiar no-man's land that every spiritual aspirant passes through, but it's a necessary one, I think, to achieve the detachment from the old ways of living. And um, it it has a purpose, and it does bring about a release uh, that uh, perhaps we need to discuss in the next program. Please send uh, your tax-deductible donations to Lucis Trust, Lucis, L-U-C-I-S, Lucis Trust, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. That's Lucis Trust, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. And once again, if you need to contact us for any reason, you can call us on our toll-free line, 
695-8247. Easy way to remember it is 1-866-NY-LUCIS. Think of 1-866-NEW-YORK-LUCIS-LUCIS-L-U-C-I-S. You've been listening to Inner Sight. Now we would like to close with a world prayer called The Great Invocation. It's a call for light and love and goodwill to flow into the world and into our hearts. Let's listen for a moment to these powerful words. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. If your AC is blowing hot air, let O'Reilly Auto Parts help bring back the cool this summer. While you may need to eventually service your AC unit, get immediate relief with Interdynamics Arctic Freeze R134A refrigerant with leak sealer for $32.99. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supply. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.